It's the Pikey and Lout Show, Talking Taipans. Chris Pike and Alex Loughton come to you with everything that is 100% Taipans. Let's go. It's Talking Taipans. This episode of the Pikey and Lout Show proudly brought to you by Staten's Plumbing Company. Plumbers who care. Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Pikey and Lau Show. That's right, we've made it to episode two. We made We're it talking to Taipans, and mate. I knew you were I jumping Lau. I had my uh, <laughs> I had my little spill ready. I was going to try to at least get my name in before you jumped in. So I'm mate, Chris Pike, mate, and mate, now go we go to mate, Alex Lawton. No, I'm all ears. I'm all ears. Pikey, no, what have you got for me? I just want to get my name intro. out there. I'm Chris Pike, but now let's go to the men that you want to listen to, Alex Loudon. Um, <laughs> quite, quite the weekend for the Taipans, but with Lau's, take it away. Mate, it's um, you know obviously there's two uh, L's in the in the bank from this weekend, but um, I think we can really break down some positives that I saw that the people, the good people of Cairns, will not have picked up on. Um, so look, the the Brisbane game obviously um, the the net result was down 16, uh, obviously up by four at half time, uh, and then I guess that bit of a third quarter fade happened. Now that people will call it a fade, and it was, but Look, in hoops, and, and probably a metaphor for life, there's, um, there's, there's peaks and valleys, there's momentum swings in every single game. That bit, you can't actually help. It's actually going to, I can guarantee there'll be momentum swings in every game. Um, I guess this, the, the secret of the good teams or the ones that are able to get over the line is how much can, or how quickly can you turn that faucet off uh, and stop the bleeding, uh, so to speak. So, um, um, in the Brisbane game, now I, I don't think they were able to recover from uh, the run that Brisbane that Brisbane made in that third quarter, and it sort of that buffer remained there until the end of the game. Now with the Wollongong game, uh, in terms of that sort of that same momentum swing that seemed larger than uh, the normal sort of uh, peaks and valleys in the game, they uh, they came, they fought back um, and got the lead, and were in a position uh, to uh, to win the game. And I think it's no surprise with DJ back, Pikey, uh, the difference that that made to the mindset going into that fourth quarter. Um, I, I guess maybe your thoughts, first of all, on one, the, the third quarter kind of uh, fade out a bit, but also how it changed for you for that game too in Wollongong. Absolutely. The, the thing that stood out to me in that Brisbane game was that they were trying hard, but they just kept turning the ball over. If you have a look and you have 22 turnovers for the game, um, a lot of those, unfortunately, were from Scotty Machado and, and even Cam Oliver. I think they had 13 between them out of the 22. And also some lack right. of discipline. Unfortunately, Nate Jawai gets a gets a tech foul at, at the wrong time. Um, he was in foul trouble for, for a lot of that, that game. Um, just any time they tried to get back into the game, it seemed like they would either turn the ball over or just make a bad mistake. It just looked like they could get nothing going. But like you said, it was a different story on on Monday, and I just I can't help but think that the presence of DJ Newbel was the the biggest difference from from the performance on Friday to the to the showing on Monday. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I guess it was a surprise too that, that he was sitting out there that for that Brisbane game. We saw him kind of in the orange uh, T-shirt and, and uh, a look of a little bit forlorn on the end of the bench there. Um, but maybe, you know, the, the Taipans aren't going to rush him into something if he if he's not ready. There's a whole season ahead of, ahead of him and ahead of them. Um, so, you know, it was probably a wise decision to, to just make maybe 100% sure that he's good to go. And boy, did he perform in that Wollongong game. I, I will say this: the in turnover, in the number of turnovers, um, in a slow-paced game, a conservative style, a walk it up the floor type of style, you'd probably set the benchmark at eleven turnovers to be acceptable. Mm. With a fast-paced run and gun game, you're probably going to extend that quota to about oh look, fifteen turnovers is probably going to be their team goal to stay at fifteen or below. So twenty-two turnovers, like you said, is not going to get it done, and they'll, they won't be happy with that. And I, I guess I hear sort of uh, Coach Kelly say, look, we, we didn't make the most of our opportunities well with seven extra possessions that have um, gone begging Mm. I guess you're going to lose out on shooting at about 45% you're going to lose um, about sort of three three goals out of those seven possessions which is six points Um, now that might not make a difference in the Brisbane game but in terms of discipline and not getting those turnovers kind of thing and sticking to maybe that 15 limit 15 turnover limit it's going to be a different story in the Wollongong game. So how many how many turnovers in the Wollongong game did you um did you count? Probably still too many. You had nineteen, but was it nineteen? But they weren't. 19. So let's say yeah, they weren't. Yeah. Didn't feel as damaging. They they felt like no. They felt like they were under a lot better control. And and Scotty Machado yeah. was was a lot better. He only had one for one. Sorry, he only had he still had four. But then Cam Oliver played under a lot better control. He only had one, and he right. he, he looked at, yeah. he looked like he was under a lot better control. Just maybe yeah, and maybe so that's because he's that. playing his third game in the NBL and he's starting to get a feel for it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and look, let's say it was 15 turnovers. Um, so, you know, there, there was four over the quota. Mm. You know, you, you convert half of those those missed possessions, that missed opportunities. There's four points. That's definitely the game done down there. Like, that's that's a win by three points. Yep. So, I mean, um, uh, the, the turnovers is probably one thing. Um uh, I mean, let's talk about Scotty Machado. That that game of Wollongong was was really, I was really impressed. Like you just saw some of the plays um, that he made late in the game. I'm just thinking of that one where um, you know he came down. He he actually he spun. He did a spin move and then and then kind of dropped it off uh, to I want to say Noy or Oliver for the finish. Mm. But just just. Just his control of the ball. Um, look, some of the possessions did get out, a little bit out of hand. But the one time I'm picturing um, Aaron Brooks put it, went for a steal, put his hand in the cookie jar. Scotty just discarded him in the yeah. backcourt, and just and then Aaron Brooks tried to get in front, and Scott. It was just able to hold him on the, on his hip, on his back, and he just and he just uh, was able to drive in uh, and, and make the right play. So I mean, this this dude, this guy is legit yep. uh, ball uh, general, a floor general, um, and he's certainly certainly got the goods against. I, I mean, I actually rate Aaron Brooks. I think he's really helped uh, Wollongong. He's really really played a man's game, um, but I thought that was a great a great contest it between was, those yeah. two. Um, but I just uh, just really happy. 
to see how Scotty is um, sort of fitting in well. Um, you know, he's got to have the ball in his hands a lot so that, you know, and you've got to, with a fast-paced team, you've got to kind of um, take your opportunity. So there was a, you know, a few possessions where obviously where it went out of control a little bit, but I'm not worried about that at all. I think there was some other sort of plays. Um, you spoke about Nate Jowa's uh, discipline thing and that he got that tech foul mm. in the Brisbane game. Now, here's, here's one thing that I did see. So... That was a tech foul, um, and I think Tony Caldwell uh, picked on that one. Picked yes, up on did. that one. Maybe he, Nate was unhappy with the foul, but that put him on his third, and then that put him on the bench. So Mike Kelly will be saying, "Nate, you're now in a position of leadership. Um, I'm definitely going to be hard on you to say, um, you know, that just can't happen because that costs not only the type ends of possession, but it also means you pick up your third and you got to sit on the bench. So." Let's stamp that out. Um, we'll nip it in the bud right now, kind of thing, and just have that in your mindset. You're a leader now. We we need these disciplined plays all the way down the stretch because we just don't have room for error here. You make a good um, point in terms this of is... leadership. Um, we'll hear from Mike Kelly later in the show, and he talks about mm. the fact that you're gone now, and you were the captain, but also Lucas Walker was a vice captain. You were the two, mm. the two vocal leaders of that team, and the two most experienced players. And 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 Mike Mike touches on this. Um, Nate is a – he can be a vocal player in terms of yelling and, and, get, and making noise, but I'd, he, he's not a natural captain, but he, he should be – I'm not saying that they've made the wrong decision. They've got the right two guys as co-captain, but they're not natural vocal leaders. I would, if you were still captain this year, what would have you – would have you put your arm around Nate after he got that tech foul? How would have you handled it as captain? Well, I think normally he was sort of. He, I would obviously say, "Look, Nate, we can't have that. That you know that would have cost us, you know, that possession." And he he might have just sort of shrugged it off as, "Oh, well, you know, I'm not the captain. You know, it's not my yep. responsibility." Like he wouldn't be like that. But there'd be an element of, "Well, you know, I'm sort of able to just be a player. That's who I am. I, I kind of I'm emotional. You know, that's that's how it is." But I think he will have to learn to evolve into that role. Um, and and I think he'll understand. As, as well, I think though he'll have to understand quickly because the the coaches will be demanding it, mm-hmm. and his teammates will be demanding it, um, and say, "Look, Nate, you uh, you and DJ are, are our captains, and we've we we hold you up to that that high uh, regard, um, and you need to just just tighten up that little discipline thing." Now, I will say this: so when I said um, we're losing that Brisbane game or well, they never fought back in and Brisbane maintained that buffer in Wollongong um, I know Nate picked up his third and fourth foul but he actually came back into the game in the fourth and was uh, recomposed mm. so he, he got that transition uh, layup off, a, off a, some great play by the Taipans just to have that dish off Nate got the layup there was some um, other good plays he was in there until the end of the game um, so he showed within the space of two two or three days that he can actually turn it around um, yeah, and he made that conscious I just feel like what I saw was that he made a conscious decision alright I had a bit of an ill discipline patch in the third with my two fouls and then once he got re-inserted um, uh, back into the game, he was switched on. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a big. I think that's a big turning point because the the whole game, the whole game changed, or, or the whole mindset improved within those few games. And they did everything except mm. get the W yeah. in Wollongong. So the huddles were tighter. There was a look in their eye that they could feel that they were on uh, a good thing, that they fought back. 
they were in the lead um, and and DJ was just instrumental in that game but you could see the group was tighter and I think I think that was a real positive for me to be able to witness that um, this Taipans team one if they can when they get that first win it, it'll it'll all make sense and there'll be some momentum there but I really saw a shift uh, of sort of a defiance yep. and I think that was led by DJ you know no we're not going to stand for this we're, we're a lot better than this um, come on guys let's recompose let's do what we do and uh, let's make this let's make this a ball game and I think I think they, they brought it um, it was just unfortunate obviously to finish up um, you know one point down but you know the, the, the fan looking at the games will go oh oh and three um, I think I saw a great progression in in a very short space of time. So, um, look, it's a tough it's a tough road trip. Yeah, well, uh, touching on that, now game, that they are zero three, mm. no question they can take positives out of the way they played on Monday night. But mm. to stay on the road to to go to Perth and spend you know three days in Perth leading up to the game, and then to have to play in Perth, the toughest place to pl- to to play in the in the league, um, can they build on the momentum from? Monday into Friday night. How do they, how do they turn a competitive competitive performance into a win against against the the defending champs who haven't lost a game yet? Yeah, well, I, I don't know if the Wildcats have it completely together yet. Sure. Um, I mean, Cotton's going off and Cotton's doing Cotton such things. Look, I think Scotty, I think Scotty Machado um, will, will be a great matchup. Sort of on Cotton. I mean, Scotty just has him in strength for sure. Yep. Cotton's obviously very, very quick. Very, um, you know, uh, he's able to just make space for himself. So, look, I think they just got to focus on themselves. Uh, block out sort of those distractions. Now it's easier said than done. But every, just about every year for the the last sort of um, since they're being in the new arena, um, I think we've clocked up a win. And last year we we clocked up a one point win, which. Um, which was a huge uh, part of the the Wildcats sort of d- demise in that stretch that mm. they had. The next game, I think Melbourne um, missed a layup to make it uh, another loss for the Wildcats, but uh, Wildcats ended up winning that game and then went on a streak and then obviously went to the promised yeah. land. So they're, they're, they're bloody capable of <laughs> just turning it in almost an impossible thing into um, something. So, you know, they've got a good core and all that kind of stuff. But I think, you know, it's early stages and these these teams don't quite have everything together like you think. Mm. Um, you know, the, the Taipans have every reason to go, look, we're going in there. We're focusing on ourselves. I don't care what any what anything outside of our group of 11 players, um, three coaches, one physio, one team manager um, traveling, our, our big group. Um, no, 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 nothing else matters right now. And, you know, let's let's build on the momentum that we got. Let's build on that, that, that morsel of, um, uh, you know, synchronization that we found late in that game. We, we might have tapped into something that's, that's, that's us. You know, so I'm hoping. Um, you know, I'm hoping that they that they feel energized a bit and not not too deflated. I don't, I don't think. I think Mike Kelly does probably a, a great job of um, being positive in that regard. You know, you're gonna you're gonna look for the the best uh, in those games, even though it was a loss. Um, you know, I think I think they're gonna be on the front foot. This episode of the Pikey and Lau Show proudly brought to you by Statton's Plumbing Company, plumbers who care. 
Now, last week we had a we had a chat about the squad that the Taipans have put together this season. Um, you gave a, a pretty good rundown on, on a lot of the players, Laos. Is there a couple of guys, especially some of the bench guys, that you wanted to to give a bit, yeah. of, bit of time to this week? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we spoke about the, the new additions and, and they're all sort of starters and I include Nate Jowai in that, um, you know, in sort of six players there. Uh, I just wanted to talk about um, Mirko Jerick uh, mm. as a starter, um, so, sorry, a starting point. Um, he comes off the bench, had a great game in Brisbane and um, and again in Wollongong, um, you know, didn't give much uh, sort of uh, airtime in that first uh, first episode, but I d- definitely want to touch on it today. So, I mean, this—if you've seen him play, um, his three-point shot. The first thing you notice is that uh, it, it's a ratchet. It, it's a catapult. So <laughs> yeah. it, it's a it's a different style. It's it's from the ready position, which I call sort of just in front of your face, where you'd normally hold the ball before you go into your shooting motion. It's a ready position there, and then the ball will go up and back Mm. over your head to then come forward. So it's a two-motion shot. Okay, now I've always been taught, I guess, from my ready position with the ball in front of my face to go straight up and forward you know in one kind of motion um and and that's it i mean i've got the height advantage i guess from you know early on in my in my uh, age and as a kid i guess so it was never really an issue but maybe some of the young guys will learn a different technique based on what they needed to deal with at the time so Mirko's not as, as a tall player so maybe it's he's um had to learn to counter that yeah. uh, being against taller players to you know pull that ball back and, and up and over it's sort of that Shane Hammer heel style yeah I was going to say it was very, uh, it's very a, similar to Hammer yeah. a Rotney Rotney Clark style um, it, it goes back and then forwards it's just kind of two motion thing uh, and dare I, dare I say do I go back to Cal Bruton style <laughs> are you familiar oh, of with course Cal I know Cal Bruton but I reckon Murko's got him covered in terms of being a shooter yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. But I'm just talking about that, that two motion stop. But his shot was Mirko's shot's been money. So with the Crocs, you know, he hit some some shots late in the late in the game. Well, especially in against the Titans, he loves those reptile rumbles. Oh, absolutely. And so, like, he, I'm like, this guy is sort of, and he was younger back then too, so he's come off the bench. Yep. I'm like, man, this guy can play. <laughs> like, like it, it takes some cojones to shoot some of those late-game situation shots because you've got some superstars on your floor at the same time. So, you know, I, it, it raised my eyebrows back then. Um, and then, obviously, he went to Serbia a couple, three years, um, three or four years, and then he, now he's back. But I, I really thought he was um, he was big in, in the Brisbane game. Um, um, and uh, also in in the Wollongong game, but I think he's a, a very valuable asset um, off off the bench and very capable. And and particularly when I spoke last last week about if you want to go through Nate um, as a you know in a phase of a game where you're going to go right this this next couple of minutes we're going through Nate while he's juiced and ready to go. You got to load up with shooters ready to ready to spot up because if the double team comes, you want weapons like surrounding him. Um, so you so Merco. Mirko's the guy that is going to be so handy on the floor um, in particular when Nate's uh, going one-on-one, double team comes, you load 
straight up and then there's a you know four on three on the outside somewhere so you, you're gonna hopefully the ball finds it to to Mirko and he's able to to launch and be happy um you know filling it up from from long range so um look he's a great addition to the Taipans uh so certainly excited to see how his uh, season unfolds and I think he's had some real positive signs on the road often you see players play well at home and they're not so good on the road mm. um Mirko's a Mirko's a, a tough competitor I, I see him being quite um you know indifferent to location he he'll he'll sort of uh to a man he'll he'll stand up in those those hostile environments on the road um so yeah really looking forward to how he sort of performs over in Perth and but also all the other road trips in there so um yeah look for exciting things from Mirko look I got the um the three Marlins players I was touching on uh last last week that I wanted to give them the due diligence Mm -hmm. so um look I mean let's start with Fabian Krislovic um, he had a breakout game late in the season last year, mm-hmm. had double-digit points. Um, I don't want to say Sydney Kings, but I almost want to say it was against Sydney, but it could be wrong. But really showed signs of, of a real versatile perhaps slightly undersized foreman but he you know this this day and age it's it's not so much height it's sort of a, ability and and you know what you can do he's a strong body um uh you know he can shoot the three um, you can always play nice, that greek not, higher role that he played for the wildcats so, for so long very similar probably built yeah. to him yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Fab would be a bit tall. Fab would be a six eight type thing. I'd say Greg's more six six yeah. six seven, maybe more of a three man. But um, with with Fab, I think um, you know he brings just such a workhorse mentality to uh, his whole disposition, his whole professionalism about it. Um, he, he's re- he's got a real solid mind, um, you know, on him, real mature. Um, and he had the great uh, season, obviously, at University of Montana, um, the Grizzlies, and his coach. It's funny, his coach, uh, Trav DeCure, was uh, old Lousy's uh, assistant oh, at Old Dominion. So <laughs> there's, a, there's a funny connection there. And uh, I nearly went to the University of Montana, actually. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, but Fab, uh, obviously a great uh, Marlins season this, this year. Um, got MVP for the club. Um, so yeah, really, really excited to see Fab one lock down the a contract uh, which sets him rolling um, and getting a full taste of of the full pressure. Mm. I guess when you're a DP, you kind of throw caution to the wind. Like now that you're a paid contracted player, it's time to produce. <laughs> you know, it's time to produce yeah. because otherwise, you know, this is you know when you start, you know, you have a family, or whatever, which he which he doesn't. So he doesn't have a kids <laughs> or anything to feed, but but. He, you know, this is the start of a career where you know grown men are trying to put food on the yeah. table for their families. He, so I thought no he had some good take. moments on the weekend too. He had he had that really good dunk on halftime on Friday night, and then even on Monday night, six rebounds he ended up with in in ten minutes. I thought he he played some important minutes. Mm, yeah, and it was great read on that dunk because he he backdoor cut um, you know the overplaying Wollongong and and um, uh, they found him and he just went upstairs quite easily yeah. to be honest um, you know quite uh, enviously watching him get up <laughs> so easily I'm like that's great but um, uh, I think he's really worked hard on his athleticism as well and and he'll he'll need every bit of it this mm-hmm. year with the the athleticism and the length of some of these players um, you know blocking shots above the rim uh, all that kind of stuff so uh, look a great. 
like you said, the stat stuffer um, side of it, it's going to be huge. If he can, if you're not sort of scoring, if you're not, you're not brought into the game to be a scorer, I mean, he understands his role, of course, but if you can contribute in big ways, um, you know, boards, like loose, loose ball plays, hustle plays, that kind of thing, it really is invaluable because then you're not losing momentum when coaches got to get through players off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not losing any of that sort of momentum in the game. So, um, yeah, re- really happy for, for Fab and, and certainly look forward to um, what he can do this year. I think um, if I can go on to Anthony Fisher, mm. um, this is a, an interesting story because he's been slogging it out for so many years um, and, and almost um, to, to no avail and, and almost when you think the lights might have kind of gone down on, on a career, um, he's, he's suddenly got the, the go-ahead, the green light for a contract and um, you know j- just the number of hours that he's put in um, to to um, you know be a valuable sort of sort of training play I guess for all those for so for so long uh, it's just rewarding for him to obviously be able to now be an official uh, official pro uh, he's got the full responsibility he can concentrate 100% on hoops now he doesn't sort of have to pad it with with extra work mm-hmm. and you know make make ends meet but he was in a, D, a DP over at Perth as you as yep. you know and then came as a development player over in Cairns and then once he went past that 20 four years uh, sort of age bracket then you're not a DP anymore you're a training player Um, you don't fall under that DP sort of status so look I I, I think um, he's He's rock solid in, in the QBL for so many years. Um, you know, I, I've seen players score thirty in, in the QBL this, or the Siebel and uh, or NBL one now, as it's called. And um, you know, it's a different ball game when you come to the NBL. The players are bigger. You know, the players are stronger. Like just just totally different um, uh, bodies that you come up against. So he's really he's really going to have to make adjustments uh, as quickly as possible. Um, and you know. Uh, Otherwise, you know, you're not going to you're not going to um, nail down consistent minutes. Mm. So, you know, and I think he he's he's a smart player. He's really uh, consistent. So, you know, in terms of setting up a team and, uh, you know, setting up the play and being the floor general, he's really reliable in that regard. I think where he'll have to make the adjustments is um, where he's, if he, if he attacks, if he attacks the hoop, how he releases his shot or the separation that he gets right at the last minute, um, he'll have to sort of just make that adjustment from a QBL level to an NBL level. All of a sudden, at the level below, you get those shots off at NBL level, they get thrown back in your face, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, one thing he was he, all he does is um, left hand floaters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he'll he'll know exactly. Yep. What, you know, he'll always have an easy layup, but he'd prefer to do a, a slightly more difficult left hand floater from about six feet mm-hmm. out, which is a money shot. It actually goes yep. in more than probably his layups. So I reckon um, you know it's probably trusting his instinct a bit on that as well. Like just finding that sweet spot where the the shot blocker can't you know send it um by you know if he goes all the way to the rim the shot block is probably going to send it if he can just find that sweet spot where he can elevate a bit and just get that um little left hand floater going off the glass then then he then he just chips away a couple points a game but but his big thing will be his consistency in in setting up the team and just being a valuable um sub for obviously jared kenny's and um scotty machado's to have a breather so you know, those those two guys um, have certainly had um, some some big impacts in the QBL level. So I think it's great to show to that at the, at the Marlins level, there's now a clear pathway there where if guys are 
are willing to put in the work, they're willing to improve their games, there's an there's a real chance that you can be come, become an NBL player. I don't know if that was if that was the case a few years ago. I think these two guys, like you talked about, it's a it's a great example mm. for now everybody that's playing basketball in the area that if you if you just knuckle down, there's a real chance you could end up playing for the Taipans. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in in ninety nine, obviously when the Taipan started, there was Marlins going into Taipan sort of um, you know NBL caliber sort of range. Uh, it, maybe it's dipped or or it's had its peaks and valleys. But obviously with um, Jamie O'Loughlin, I know for sure, coach Coach O'Loughlin, assistant coach of the Taipans, as as everyone knows, um, you know he, he's obviously going to run a tight ship and a professional uh, outfit. So you know if you're in the Marlins squad, you know you, you're going to be basically doing a, a pseudo type ends type mm-hmm. uh, training sort of regime, maybe not as much frequency, but he expects or he demands professionalism yeah. on on all accounts. So you're right, you're absolutely right. There, there is a pathway that uh, is visible uh, for players if they. Um, let's say they, they they come into the Marlins and they're going to get a taste of what's expected uh, at the at the NBL level, you know. So um, yeah, you're you're right, and it's exciting. Now there's there's one more name, obviously, I want to talk about. Um, obviously, George Blablowski, Blablowski, <laughs> uh, the the big Blablowski. Is that is that what it was? Um, <laughs> so so George Blagojevich from Geelong. Um, Got ties with Jamie O'Loughlin from Melbourne um, sort of days and and that kind of thing. Um, was brought up to the Marlins for QBL just to um, see where he's at coming back out of college and all that kind of stuff. A tall three man, um, just a capable, just very capable and cagey. Almost a Clint um, Stundle build, quite, isn't he? Sorry, almost a Clint Stundle type of build. Yeah, 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 absolutely. A, a, a taller three than than a than um, you know some of your your Blanchfields. I think. Oh, maybe he's about the same as a Todd Blanchfield type size and, and Steindl. Um, capable finisher, left and right hand. Just a good sort of nose for the ball. A good sort of IQ. Um, and it's pretty quiet and, and unassuming, I guess, in terms of a. Uh, what he's like off the floor, mm-hmm. but he just kind of gets the job done. I just noticed um, stat stuffer for the in, the, in those preseason games. Uh, just comes up with rebounds when when he needs to, um, but obviously he's a newbie uh, for for NBL sort of status, I guess. So he's trying to feel his way this year. Um, he's trying to figure it out very quickly, uh, but but I guess there's a huge upside to to his game, uh, albeit a, a little bit raw at this stage, just because he's, he's quite young in terms of um, you know joining the squad and, and um, you know his ascendancy has been pretty quick then just one year of QBL coming out of yeah. college and then now he's in so yeah he'll, he'll like Fab Anthony or Fab Fish and George um, I, I think just just got to make the adjustments quickly and they will adjust that they will evolve uh, as, as players uh, and they'll they'll uh, learn to play the game um, at the level that's uh, that is quite an athletic league now so um, yeah look, looking forward to how those three progress um, loving the addition of Mirko Jarek um, and yeah just just looking forward to obviously how they, they perform as the season goes on very quickly before we hear from Mike Kelly and we we moving to having a look at this uh, this Perth game in a bit more detail. Um, the three games over the weekend that didn't involve the the Taipans. Friday night the Wildcats beat the Hawks twenty seven points in in Perth. That seems to be a pretty regular occurrence. I think it, like we said last week, it's thirty two of the last thirty three now for the Wildcats at home to the Hawks. 
Sydney Kings, mm. eh? Did I say they 16? I said 18. Good. I said they. I said 18, didn't I? Or 16 point I think win you, to the I play. think you said somewhere close to 20. So you were you were okay. you were within the range. Um, yeah. Sydney Kings at, beat the Adelaide 36ers 102 to 80. Tough start for the Sixers to the season coming back from Utah, and then Southeast Melbourne Phoenix they they stay un, undefeated. They they had a 113 to 93 win over the Brisbane Bullets. What what stood out to you from those those games at Lowes? Well, obviously, the Phoenix win that away game in Melbourne mm. versus United in round one, and then win win a home game in yep. Melbourne against the Bullets coming off that uh, Bullets coming off that doubleheader after beating Taipan. So, um, I guess there's probably no surprise with the Wildcats uh, defeating Wollongong. Um, the 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 jet lag coming into play for the 36ers. I knew it was going to be mm-hmm. a tough night. They they obviously don't want to have any excuses. And Joey Wright, um, you know, saying, "Yep, no, nah, not don't accept it." Don't accept any excuse. We got to be better, and they they know they will have to um, very quickly sort of make amends. Uh, you know, it's 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 sort of that's an interesting one with um, Jerome Randall coming back mm-hmm. in almost at the last minute. Now, let me ask you this, Pikey. If you're sitting in in the boardroom, going, "All right, how's this season going to go?" Well, and this is Coach Joey Wright saying, "All right, board, this is, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring in someone because um, we're going to hold out on Jerome Randall. But it's all part of the plan here. Don't don't worry. Stay with me here, boys. So we're going to have um, have him come in, um, have our normal selections come in, and then the last week before the the season starts, we're going to have Jerome Randall come back in. They're like, "Sweet, yep, let's all sign mm-hmm. off on it." I don't know if it went down like that, Pikey. It might have. It might have gone down a bit more like this. It's like, oh, hang on a minute. We we lost the tight ends in preseason NBL blitz. We we looked a bit shaky here. We got one week before the NBL. Quick, get get Jerome Randall back. But didn't you fight, Coach? I thought you guys had a big falling out. I thought you fought right at the end of that when you guys departed. Yeah, I don't care about that. Just get him back in. Do whatever we got to do to get Jerome Randall. Oh, thank goodness we got him. Like, you know, does that seem I reckon, a bit more maybe? I, I reckon what's the latter probably is more likely. I don't. I certainly don't think it was a plan when they they signed poor old Deshaun Taylor to to get him here for a preseason and then and then take him to Utah and then yeah. tell him that he's he's not welcome back on the plane back to Adelaide. Um, yeah. yeah. So I yeah. I feel like it was a last minute decision when they probably realised that. Maybe they needed to be a more dynamic team. Maybe they realised that yeah. Deshaun Taylor might have been a handy player, but he wasn't going to be a guy that could put a team on his back like we know Jerome can. But at the same time, we saw some limitations to Randall's game late last season and into the playoffs that was shown up by Melbourne United sure. in that in that playoff series, which is why I think the Kings were so keen to get Casper Ware because they, they saw him as an upgrade on Jerome. So going back to Adelaide's mm. fascinating mm. for him. It hasn't worked so far. Um but there's no mm. more motivated player in the league than than him. He's he's pretty strongly strongly driven. Um, it'll be oh, fascinating yeah. to see yeah, how he responds now. Now this week they've got a couple of games and they need to start to click, or else the pressure falls right back onto his shoulders more than more than anybody's. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. This episode of the Pikey and Lau Show proudly brought to you by Statton's Plumbing Company. Plumbers who care. Now, I had the, the privilege of catching up with Mike Kelly, Taipan's head coach. Um, it was only mm. only fitting that I I spent most of the time talking about you and getting getting his thoughts on <laughs> thoughts on you. So let's have a listen to it now, and then we'll we'll see what you had to think afterwards. 
Mike, thanks for joining us on Talking Taipans. Um, you would have heard about it. You would have heard about Alex Loudon doing a podcast. I guess the fact how, that I, how could I not hear about it? The fact that I'm part of it is probably irrelevant because, let's be honest, it's the point of it is to give Lousy a platform to to talk, and he loved to do that. Um, yeah. First of all, what's it like? What's it been like the last six months not having <laughs> Alex around the club? Oh, it's been like a breath of fresh air. Uh, no. Hey, we miss him, and and I've seen him around. You know, he's still around the club, and uh, and I've seen him down at CBI with his kids, and uh, still involved with basketball. So it's been really good. He's just so much involved with the community, and uh, and I value his friendship and also, um, you know, his input. So uh, so when we do talk, um, it's great to hear from him and his encouragement, and also kind of his thoughts on the game. When you reflect back on late last season, when you knew he was retiring, he got that last home game. He made that big basket at the end of the game. He got the fist pump out, and he, and you were able to win the game. As a coach, how happy are you when you're able to give somebody a fairy tale finish? Because it doesn't happen very often in sport. Yeah, you know it's fantastic when something like that happens. It's it's a player's game, you know, so it's uh, it's fun when uh, they can kind of control how things finish for them. And uh, and Alex did that, so that was that was really cool to see that at home, and then kind of had the the emotional speech afterwards in the mic drop. So uh, yeah, memorable, memorable. Yep. Now you got new co-captains this year, obviously with with Nate and, and DJ. Um, do you feel like you've got the natural inbuilt leadership to to cover what what I guess Alex does leave behind? You know, it's funny. Um, I don't think Nate or DJ are what you would call typical captains. Like, um, you know, Nate's so fiery and uh, can be up and down with his emotions. And uh, and then DJ's probably a little more quiet. Um, so, it's, so it's been interesting since there's there's been a little bit of a vacuum um, with Alex leaving and, and Waxy was his vice captain last year. Now, it was naturally filled by those guys because they kind of lead by example a lot of the time and uh, and then Jared Kinney and Scott Machado are kind of those uh, and even Anthony Fisher you know as point guards they come in and do some leadership things just just the way they carry themselves and the way they um, work every day so we've kind of filled that um, that void by committee but uh, DJ and Nate have been amazing at how they've stepped up and said we want this to be special we want to um, kind of impact the team more than we did last year and have a voice and uh, and the other guys responded I'm sure Lowes will catch up with you in person at times throughout this podcast so I'll let him expand a little bit further with you at times but we're talking back to the Orange Army obviously back home getting ready for Friday night's game what, what can you tell them? What should they look forward to on Friday night? And how desperate and confident are you of a, of a really strong performance? Yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I, I think the the same thing that we tell our guys, you know, is is stay with it and uh, and stay with the fundamentals. We're we're up and down right now. Guys are kind of uh, kind of getting to know each other's games and where they fit in. And uh, but the great thing is we've got a got a whole crew again this Friday against Perth. So it's. Uh, um, you know, a big one for us, and and I think the guys have played with desperation in in all the games, but uh, but it hasn't come together for 40 minutes. So so we're just continuing to try to build on every performance and not have lapses like we did um, the other night against Illawarra, and and give ourselves a a chance to show. Uh, let the talent really come out, and because uh, I think, well, I know the talent's there, and uh, and we just have to let it out for 40 minutes. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it.
Thanks to Mike Kelly for that. I really appreciate him taking the time to catch up with me. Now, Lowes, he, he talked very highly of your leadership. He talked highly of still enjoying seeing you around the club and he's also hopeful of a good performance from the Taipans on Friday Friday night. What, what, were, your, what were your quick thoughts? Yeah, look, I think um, you know he's highlighting that the, the leadership role with, with Nate and DJ, they're going to grow into those uh, positions. And I think um, to just think they naturally have all the answers straight away is, is probably um, is never going to be the case. They're, they're going to they're going to learn. They're going to learn sort of have, and have mistakes. I guess um, they've certainly got to uh, display as much discipline uh, as they as they can muster up, um, especially in those late stretches of the game to really help the boys uh, succeed down the stretch. So um, you know, Mike's going to be really working with him uh, the team psych Jody Maguire is going to be working with those with those two uh, but yeah he's obviously um, it, it's an open sort of a, a, a field or a bit of a, a vortex maybe for those two players to now come through that they're going to be forced into to responsible um, sort of a, a leadership roles so uh, I'm looking forward to how they evolve and how they mature in those roles um, and it's certainly exciting to see the developments um, between that Brisbane and, and Wollongong game as we mentioned before so yeah really looking forward to how they how it pans out for them in the season. Perth game on on Friday night. How do you see the the end result sort of uh, pulling out, here, Pikey? Yeah, it's it's, it's tough. I, I want to get. I want to talk to you about it. You've done this done this trip to Perth numerous occasions, and the thing about it is that it's it's twofold. It's the toughest place to come to win in the league, but I would also think as a player, when you win in Perth, it's the it's the wins that almost you remember the most when you finish your career so can you talk about what makes it so tough but also how good of a feeling it is when you do manage to win win in Perth uh, first of all I really enjoy the entertainment uh, side of things they really go all mm. out and over the top which is great mm-hmm. it's sort of college sort of feel um, so there's this kind of different um, the, the build up to the game just takes so long because of all this Almost all this fanfare they got to get yeah. through uh, before the game starts. So in some ways, the f- uh, first-time player in that environment will go. The kind of you kind of um, try and build up your energy gradually for this, you know, for the warm-up for the game, and you kind of get thrown out of whack a bit because all of a sudden it's taken you know forty-five minutes to an hour mm. in your once you sort of start the layup line kind of thing to when you're jumping, you know, going the jump ball. So it's just this kind of like. I don't know when to time my my sort of energy spurt here to go. All right, I'm gearing up to go. So sometimes, um, yeah, the, the different scenario of uh, all that sort of stuff can kind of throw you throw the players out a bit. Um, I guess the the crowd is obviously pretty hostile, and um, you know. The, I'm from Perth. You, you know, you're a Perth guy as well. Like looking at the fans now in Perth, they always seem a bit kind of bit ratty, bit rednecky kind of thing. Like they don't. They, you see them on the forums, they just go mm. off and just like, yeah, I don't know, mate. I, <laughs> you guys are pretty one sided in your views here. Like, I mean, maybe we're the same. I don't know. In, in Queensland, we sort of um, you know have our one sided views, but the, the fans. Can no, get a I, bit, think bit ratty I think there's and, no you know, question they're a different breed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, so I mean, there's there's a bit of that, but the, on the flip side, it's not impossible to win, and we've we've had quite a few uh, wins there. I want to say at least sort of in the five or six years um, since they went to seven years they went to the arena. I think I've probably got sort of five wins there out of um, your sort of twelve yeah, games. Yeah, finish off a semi-final series there. with a win there. Yeah, 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 including a semi-finals. So there's no greater feeling than you know thirteen thousand fans going, 
you know, and, and almost walking out the door, or probably a lot of them actually, uh, they stand up and then the seats go, yep. you know, like the, the seats click back and then you're like, that's the best sound yep. in the world. New Zealand's got the same setup. I love it. So, uh, you know, in the stadium, the fans leave early, the last minute of the yep. game, and all the seats go, whap, 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 and you're like, oh, hey, boys, boys, get in here. Get, what is it? What is it, Laos? You hear that sound? It was like, what? What is it? That's the sound of victory right there. So, uh, you know, if you get a win in Perth, is is there's no greater feeling really and you feel like when you get a win on the road you just sort of feel like you own the town um you know you walk around you, you're, you're a couple feet tall you're like yeah like we really really achieved something so uh but no greater feeling than that there would be no greater feeling uh, than to get a win over the um you know the, the champions of last year and um you look i think like i said i think they're going to be real focused on themselves they're going to they've got a they've got a chance they've got a sniff whilst the wildcats won't be fully you know, in sync with everything. They've obviously Cotton's in sync with him, with himself and his own play because he's he's pretty good. Um, but if they can limit him, that's the linchpin right there. Like you know, it's it's open slather if if they can sort of reduce it down or really really make it uncomfortable for him. You know, and I think Scotty Machado might have the maturity and and presence of mind to to kind of hone in on that. Um, I think you know they could ruffle Cotton's feathers and then everyone else will sort of fold like uh, cheap suits. So. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, Damian Martin's a, a big, you know, he, he'll steady the ship defensively and all that. But, you know, I think there's just a chance early on in season to sort of surprise them. And um, I think the Taipan's got every every bit of a sniff. Yeah, I think you, you mentioned Damian Martin. He can only guard one of Scotty Machado or DJ Newbill. He can't guard both of them. I think whoever whoever Bryce Codden ends up guarding, it's a real chance for them to take over, over this game. Obviously, Bryce is fantastic offensively, but... Um, you almost concede that whoever Damien Damien Martin goes to, you can almost almost leave him out for a little bit and let the other guy take over. So whether it's DJ or Scotty Machado, I reckon it's a real chance for them to take over mm. the game. And I think I think DJ he he loves that loves that moment as we saw on Monday night. He's he has a chance to really yeah. come in and take over take over this game. But I reckon yeah. two other guys who you we talked about earlier in the show built for this sort of occasion. Majuk Deng he's shown over his. Over his short career in Adelaide, that he loves the big moment. He had a he had a fantastic grand final series two years ago against Melbourne United. I think he would he would love the chance to to go to Perth and to quieten that crowd, like you talked about before, and and the guy you talked mm. about before as well, Mirko Jerich. He 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 loves this moment too. He's he's built to come into into a thirteen thousand seat stadium and and knock down three of three three or five yeah, triples like he does and not be phased at all. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and and um, uh, that passage of play in Wollongong that just went uh, on Monday night. So we 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 sort of uh, spoke about DJ how how impressive he was. Well, there's a the patch of play they really shared the ball well. Um, it went through the post and a, a little drop off past the Deng. He just kind of it was a quick yep. jump. It was a real sort of like off the two foot whap, like two foot dunk off the two foot bounce. Um, like uh, it was it was impressive, and I think he I think no one enjoyed it more than than uh, Majok Deng himself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But he, he he filled the he filled the the points sheet uh, the stat sheet up with the with with points. So um, I think he's coming off a, a high confidence game. Um, I think I think even quite no even though he won't be as happy with the weekend individually. I think he did some really good things, um, particularly energy wise. Just just a couple buckets late yep. that were that were huge. Uh, he might have been on that receiving end. I think when Scott 
Scotty did that uh, spin move. So um, there was just that passage of – I just enjoyed that passage of play, how they were moving the ball and finding ways to win. It, there could have been a foul call to Wollongong. There was, the rest put the whistle away and they still finished buckets. Mm. And I think that's that kind of that's that kind of mindset I want to see, like – resilient you know like all right there was no foul but we still got we still got that play executed you know oh there's no foul but you know we're still able to 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 get what we want and we weren't pushed out of our position i think that's the big thing and and you know dj and nate's mindset has got to be come on boys like own your spots mm-hmm. on the floor um get the job done and and just be solid you know like just finish this thing off right um and and discipline down the stretch and then um you know we're in a position to win the game or, or close it out and put it beyond contention. So, um, look, I'm looking for them to obviously build on just the the morsels or the gl- the glimpses of, of real positive play from that Wollongong game. The big question coming to this game now, Lowes, and I'll put you on the spot. Um, for all the mm. positives that we saw on Monday night and for all the reasons that the Taipans deserve to be feeling pretty confident going into Friday night, if they do fall to zero and four afterwards, is there a way back this season? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it starts with, with uh, it'll be the home game the week after. Um, first of all, I'm going Taipans by three okay. by three points. You heard it from Laos first <laughs> in the Pikey and Laos show. So Taipans by three on, on Friday night. Um, the week after... Um, I'm looking for progress. I'm not looking for um, I'm not looking for uh, panic stations at all, and it won't be panic stations. It's one they've only had one home game, uh, three away. Remember, I spoke about um, you're looking for 12 wins out of the 14 yeah. at home. Um, they're not in any kind of panic stages yet. They they desperately need a win just to get the juices flowing, just to get the that feeling like all right, yep, this is how it is. Now we can. Now we can get some momentum from here. The next here. one's even away to um, Adelaide as well before the home game against Melbourne. So, yeah, it is a, I mean, it's a tough stretch. But, I mean, <laughs> that Adelaide game, I think they're, they're not – they're, they're probably the, the least team that has it all together, um, you know. So, you know, d- d- regardless of what happens in Perth, um, you know, they've they just got to be going in the right direction. Wh- whatever happens in Perth, I just want to see them build and stay stay tight and stay together um, and just keep building on on what's sort of working, mm-hmm. you know, and not just drop a bundle, not have ill-disciplined plays. And the biggest thing is when those momentum swings come, you got to limit – the um, duration of the points getting poured on in that in that momentum swing, you just got to cut it off. Just have that. You, you got to have everyone go, boys. Like in your office, we've had actually um, uh, a, a word that we've used before. Um, it can, can be different every year, whatever. But there's a word like that's like spumoni, <laughs> which is the you know it's the it's the the danger mm-hmm. word. But if you two, a team puts on a couple of points quick, it was like lock in, boys. Like lock in. So lock in was automatically the identifier to go right. Next one, next one's got to be stopped at all costs. Now I mean this is coming off a you know our, our last season, which wasn't a great season. But I can't I think the stat was something like eleven games were within three or four yep. points. Uh, we just couldn't close out. But that's the mindset. Um, you know, in my nine years here, um, there's been that kind of one word identifier. Um, sort of lock in and it's like to a man you you know your eyeball your teammate like mate this this play where everyone's got to be on point Um, because this is this is uh, already two buckets now we've got to stop this third at all cost so yeah there's different things like that and I see that the um, 
um, teams like Jodie Maguire's on the road yep. trip for that Brisbane and uh, Wollongong game. She would have been a big help for mindset for Nate and the team and just, just establishing uh, rapport there as well. So there, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, there, there's a lot of positives from my end. There, there's not much. There's no result at the moment, um, but they're certainly they're certainly working towards um, sort of the right thing. I can see I can see the progression mm. happen. I just want I obviously want want them to be able to just have a, a big exhale after a, a big three yeah. point win in Perth. Big hello to Jodie as well. She's she's done some fantastic work over the years of the Taipans, and I'd love for you to try to catch up with her at some point this season for. for for the Pikey and Lau show, if you can, if you can, Laos. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she'll she'll be on the Pikey and Lau show. I guarantee. Fantastic. It. Um, very quickly, one word answers again, Lau's about the other game, non-Taipans games for this round. You did pretty well last weekend. Mm. Sydney New Zealand mm. Breakers Friday night, New Zealand's first game of the season, coming back from from their NBA um, games. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Sydney's got a bit of momentum behind them. Uh, I'm going to go Sydney by six. Uh, interesting, uh, assistant coach resigned on the way back from that. Yeah. Um, uh, Fascinating. US. So Fascinating. The, um, yeah, apparently yeah. he'd already so sold up his home um, and he'd already decided to move before the NBA trip, but he's still went on the trip. Already selling up your home, that, that would indicate <laughs> sort of a, a, a dislike for the situ- environment. Yep. Well before going to the and US, you, obviously you, suggest you knew that you were coach. going to be quitting on the way home as well. What's you would that, think sorry? that he knew he would be handing in his resignation on the way home too. Yeah, yes. Uh, did you get your boarding pass? No, I've got my resignation <laughs> here. Uh, oh, sorry. What was that? You've already got that, and oh, that's interesting. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think there's more to that story there. And also, um, Paul Paulie Hanari leaving yeah, Melbourne United and also stepping down as Tall Blacks coach to take up a job over in Japan, following following the footsteps of, of Sean Dennis. Mm, mm. It's it's just uh, it's amazing what what uh, how quick these changes are. I mean, they obviously involve you know they've got families and things, and it's a, it's a big move. You don't just sort of pick up and go overnight. You obviously think about it for quite yeah. some time, or have a, an offer on the table for quite some time, or have a, a dis disliking of the environment mm. for quite some time. Uh, and you've already you know by the time you've made the the what seems like a rash call, you're you're already um, a foot in the in the other other yeah. door. So. Um, yeah, interesting, interesting development. So I just feel there must be some unrest in New Zealand um, same, yeah. team for that to occur. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe it's maybe it was just a clash with the coaches' stuff and the, the players will pull it together. That's a hell of a one-word answer, that kind of thing. Um, but oh yeah, sorry, we're we doing the one word. Um, sorry. Next yeah, up yeah. on Saturday, no, Adelaide Thirty Six is their first home game, and they're playing at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre up against the Brisbane Bullets. It's be an interesting one. Um, Nathan Sobey going back, uh, back to Adelaide. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he'll have a point to prove. I think. I think Adelaide are gonna actually get it done based on pure uh, adrenaline and and. Is this one word answer? Sorry, no, this is still it. one sure, word sure. answer. Is it? I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Joe Wright's going to have a spray and just be absolutely livid uh, should the scoreline ever get in a in an unfavourable position. Mm-hmm. So I think off the bat of just some some pure uh, adrenaline and, and fire, uh, that will probably will the 36ers over the line in their brand yeah, new. Yeah, potentially 10,000 people there. They're hoping for. That's great. I mean, that's great for the league to have um, teams loading up on upgrades when they can, um, and yeah, just just deliver for the fans. I think uh, the, you know the fans yep. win. The basketball wins. Also on Saturday, Southeast Melbourne Phoenix undefeated. They've now got an import added in as well to replace Ty Wesley in the short term. Um, they're up against the Illawarra Hawks. <laughs> 
a luxury to have that little budget yeah, for um, nice. for an extra, just an extra fill in for for Ty. Um, I think I think South East Melbourne Magic will uh, Magic <laughs> Phoenix will get the job done um, and continue their win streak. Um, I do think Wollongong will get a lot of um, momentum or. Uh, confidence out of that that yep. one point win um but yeah i think i think phoenix will get the job done and sunday the break by i'll get they'll get it done by uh six, six. yeah then sunday the breakers and the kings do it all, all over again but but over in over in auckland uh this might be one where the new zealand are able to to pinch one here um sydney might even kind of see who's ailing a bit maybe rest maybe rest a few um guys in certain stretches or whatever but i think um yeah new zealand might uh pinch this one by three points grand final rematch also on sunday melbourne united coming back from from their two nba games they played the la clippers and the sacramento kings and then straight straight into a home game against against the perth wildcats on sunday perth wildcats will uh get up there by uh 10 Last game of the round, another fascinating one. Illawarra Hawks, they seem to have a have a mortgage on that Monday night time slot. They're up against the, the Adelaide 36ers, another another old captain going back home. Kevin White back back to visit his old home now, the Adelaide mm. captain going back to back to Wollongong. That'll be an overtime mm. game. Um, they'll, they'll go to overtime. The score will be uh, ninety at overtime, and I think the I think Wollongong are gonna get this one done uh, by uh, four points in overtime. You heard it from Laos, the man himself. Um, before I get your final thoughts, Laos, um, got some really good feedback from our first show. I think I think we might be onto something. Thanks, thanks to everybody on social media, especially that that liked us or followed us or retweeted us or favorited us or whatever you did. Please do it as much as you can because we need all the support you that we can get. We want to get this show out there. We want as many people to 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 be to to know about it as we can. So please. Please just do whatever you can to, to help help get get the Pikey and Lau show out there. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter and, and Instagram. And obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you've found us wherever you listen to your to your podcast. But we've, we've tried to make it available as many places as we can, from iTunes to Spotify to YouTube to, to everywhere you, you will look. So so make sure you check us out and to and to pass on the word about about the show as well, because we we want as many as many as of the Orange Army to be to be to be behind us as, as we can. So I think we did it. We got through yeah, another another show yeah, pretty well, Lows and. What once yeah, again? Absolutely. Look, I was just going to say on that on that point. Sorry, um, uh, the people were saying, look, love to break down a few referees' calls, um, and throughout throughout the podcast series, I think, um, you yeah, know, just focusing on sort of the the team for today, but there's certainly um, a chance to, to break down some of those calls in in the future mm. episodes. Um, so yeah, yeah lo- loving your feedback on that, and also um, uh, you know the sponsorship as well is, is great for the show. If we can um, if we get a few people on board, that sort of help it help sort of drive. Um, you know our time that we could put in and, and give you guys, um, you know, some some good insights, and you're enjoying that. Then, then we'd love to have, um, obviously, your help on board. If you're a business or local business in Cairns that would like to get your name on the podcast as well, uh, certainly certainly appreciate that as well. So hit us up on any of the socials. But yeah, over to you, well, Pikey. You, now, Laos, yeah. we have to finish the show with with your final thoughts. What have you got for us heading into this mm. into this weekend? 
Mate, I've seen some great progression uh, in the mindset from the Taipans from that Brisbane game to the Wollongong game. This is not panic stations now, Pikey. This is a time to to lock in and really, really look at how the boys uh, respond. I saw great things down the stretch in that fourth quarter. Really saw life uh, in, and culture evolve in the faces of the boys uh, as they were were hanging on in Wollongong only to fall fall short. But look, it's right there for the boys to, to lock in and and, uh, and have a real positive result in Perth uh, and beyond. So keep keep the faith, keep strong, and keep supporting the boys. This episode of the Pikey and Lau Show proudly brought to you by Staten's Plumbing Company. Plumbers who care.